Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. As the Freedom Convoy protest was reaching its peak last week, the Northumberland Labour Council wrote a scathing open letter expressing its disdain for what it saw as racism, hatred, and misinformation. There was a lot of criticism, not just for the protesters, but for the government and police. It also made several demands. Here is President Dan Tobin explaining the council's concern. I am joined today by Dan Tobin, President of the Northumberland Labour Council. Thank you for coming on Consider This Northumberland. And thank you, Rob, for, for having me. The Labour Council wrote an open letter to the media expressing concerns about the Freedom Convoy. Can you give us a brief overview of what that letter said? Well, I mean, Northumberland, Northumberland Labour Council wrote to all, all levels of government, as well as the media, I mean, expressing our, our extreme frustration and disappointment in the way that this occupation has been handled by the government as well as the police. Now, you mentioned a number of frustrations. Could you just give us just a brief overview of what some of those frustrations were? Well, I mean, first of all, we, I mean, it, what turned, it was supposed to be a protest by truckers protesting their mandate to get vaccines. But it was, it was hijacked even before, but it got started by uh, right-wing groups and made it an occupation. And an occupation is illegal in this, in this country. Have any of those frustrations that you mentioned changed as things have unfolded since you originally wrote the letter on February 14th? How the federal government has finally woke up and, and started their Emergencies Act, but it I mean, the fact is, it should not have gotten that far. If the government had acted in the first place, as well as the police had acted in the first place, like to quell some of these, these, but occupations, the government would not have had to initiate the Emergencies Act. Does it worry you at all that the Emergency Measures Act uh, threatens civil liberties that may impact unions and their ability to protest or strike? I mean, that is always the, that is, all, that is always the, the um, ball, but up in the air is that we, we don't know how that, that's going to react to the, how that's going to trickle down to the peaceful protests at the unions have fought for, for decades. It's, it's, it's part of our democratic rights, right, to have uh, protests. And, and peaceful protests can get a lot, of, a lot of things done. But these occupations, it can, it can quell some of those protests. 
that so we, I'm hearing we might you do. use two terms, protest and occupation. Can you, what makes one different from the other? Well, in a protest, we're, we're protesting, we're at a specific site, and we don't impede people from getting in or out. We, whereas an occupation, as you saw at the, the Ambassador Bridge and in Ottawa, they're blocking, they're blocking people from getting through. Some people might think about what you're saying and, and reflect on the fact that, you know, when you watch a strike, for example, uh, one of the things that strikers will do is impede people from getting in scabs or uh, people going into a, a particular workplace or a particular location as part of a strike. How is that different from what's going on in Ottawa or at the Ambassador Bridge? A strike is between the union as well as the company itself. We're, we're only impeding the the employees of the company from going in. Whereas an occupation, they're they're harassing and and blocking ordinary citizens from going through through their ordinary day. In the letter, you argue that workplaces are less safe. Can you give examples from Northumberland where workplaces are less safe because of what's going on in Ottawa? Well, but I don't have specific instances here in Northumberland. What we were we were talking about was the businesses in in but and around Ottawa, whereas the, the employees of the businesses are getting harassed and frontline staff are not being able to get to their to their jobs. And people going into the these businesses harassing the employees that are there. You make the argument in the letter that if protests were held by Black Lives Matter or Indigenous groups, the police and politicians would have handled it differently. Can you explain that, please? I mean, we feel that the, I mean, we're, we're confident in saying that if this was a Black Lives Matter protest or Indigenous blockade that say about clean drinking water, as in the past, the, the police as well as the government stepped in right away. And I mean, just, I mean, the, the instances in the Black Lives Matter protests of this past summer, I mean, is a case in point where police went in and tried to quell some of those, of those marches. And in, in the indigenous blockades, it's, I mean, for, for they say clean drinking water, a government stepped in right away and the police stepped in and, and and arrested some of these people and and but here we are i mean ottawa's occupied by by far far right groups groups and the police is standing by letting it happen and the government is standing by and letting it happen the coastal gas link pipeline protest has been ongoing since 2018 and that has been going on and off uh, to this very day in early 2020, there was a 20-day railway block on the Tyendinaga Territory near Belleville, which shut yep. down rail service in eastern Canada. The Freedom Convoy in Ottawa began on January 29th. And as you and I are talking right now, we have barely passed the 20-day mark. Can you explain how these two examples are different in your mind? Because they sound a lot the same. It may, it may sound the same, but in reality... The police have overstepping in 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 the indigenous blockade of the as well as government was always trying to step in as well right away. 
Whereas this occupation in Ottawa, a government standing by idly. Well, it's going back to the 20 day railway block. I, I mean, I remember, you know, our students covering that that event and uh, the OPP and I mean, all the coverage said that they um, didn't go in. They waited it out. They they did a lot of the same sort of things. They stood there. They made sure that, you know, things didn't get out of hand. I, I mean, there was a, a lot of a lot of the same kind of actions. And then finally, in about 20 days, they they went in. Everybody got arrested. They cleared it away. So how how is that different this time around? The police stood around. They made sure that things didn't get out of hand, particularly, and now they're going in and they're clearing it out. How again? I I'm, I'm sorry. I, I I feel like there's something similar, and yet you're telling me there's something different. Could you just help me understand better? Yep. Yeah. No problem. I mean, just that in Ottawa, police were not police were there, but they weren't they weren't making sure nothing was happening. They were still they were just sitting by. And later in these groups, deface, deface public monuments, and yet in yet in, in, in indigenous territory down in Belleville, the police were were standing by, or to make sure nothing happened, and they were right there. Well, in, in Ottawa, the police has been nowhere to be found until the Emergencies Act that came upon us. You save some of your strongest language to point out what you see as hate speech and other vitriol. Can you expand on what you said in the letter? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, what we, it was originally supposed to be, like I said, a trucker's protest to, or to protest the government's mandate on vaccines. And, but it was hijacked by far right groups. That is, I mean, one of these groups is uh, is a white nationalist group, and 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 these groups are are saying, but they're not leaving Ottawa until they can overthrow a government. And in that, in, but instance, that's an occupation, and it's gone from a, a protest to an occupation. You keep going back to the that differentiation, and I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but. We haven't seen anything similar to January 6th in the United States where there's been this rush on Parliament. I mean, they've been down there. They have made a lot of noise. They've been disruptive. They've broken bylaws, etc. But how does that necessarily make it an an occupation? Um, And I'm having I mean, those kinds of words are inflammatory. It's it's you know, it's like uh, calling them terrorists or something. I, I mean, it, it's, there's a hyperbole to it. Why, why, you know, you, you, you say in the letter, this is not to protect, it is an occupation. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm wondering if you're not just stoking a flame that, that in fact, you know, maybe if somebody had met with them sooner or done something else, they would have been happy to have gone home. They're trying to make a point. I mean, it's, it's disruptive and, I mean, these are the similar actions that unions do. They like to disrupt. You like to protest, so they gather attention. They're doing, trying to do the same things. I'm not quite sure. Again, what makes like what's the purpose of calling it an occupation? How is that something that's going to help resolve this or help these people be heard about things that matter to them? Yeah, and like you said, maybe if the government would have stepped in and talked to these people and figure out what they wanted and then maybe they they didn't have to go down this this road and they 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 could have ended this peacefully 
And and to get to your point about the unions doing the same thing, unions protest for a specific reason, and we don't only block. I mean, we don't block anything from getting in or out, and that's a journey strike, and we're blocking the the facility that we're picketing. But in the peaceful protest, like the one in 2018 at Tim Hortons, which I organized that one, we allowed all the customers to come in free and clear or to get their coffee, get their donuts, Tim Mitch, whatever they wanted. And we, and we, we let them through no problem. And the police was there to make sure that we, we did what we were, that we, we made it clear that, that, now, but we were not going to hold up anybody from um, doing their business. For those who may not remember, would you be kind enough just to go over again what that the issue was and, and what took place just to help us remember, please? Yep. Yeah. And Tim Hortons in 2018, he when the minimum wage was always been increased, he's the, the Tim Hortons came up with a statement that they were going to do away with the, the employees paid breaks and all their benefits that they had. And that uh, they, they are going to have to pay for it, everything now. Now the, now that's what we, that's what the protest. I mean, that's what the protest at, at Tim Martin's was all about. He were, he were congratulating the employees on their, on their raise, but we were picketing the, the Tim Martin's organization for taking away their, their benefits and their paid paid benefits and paid breaks. And if I remember correctly, that took place at the Tim Hortons on Division North yes, of Elgin, am I correct? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, we had about 350 people there. And it it was a sight. I mean, and not one customer was held up at the at the drive-through or going in into the store. One in three donors to the crowdfunding websites for the protests were Canadians. One in four Canadians support unions, according to a survey done in 2020. How can you argue in your letter that this is not a significant movement that should be taken seriously if they hold possibly the same number of supporters as unions do? I mean, that's the, I, I really don't have an answer for that. Is that the unions, we fight for the the rights of the employees and the, uh, uh, of the labor force through health and safety measures, through through legalized ICE, but labor laws. So nobody wants to see hate mongering or extremism or disrespect no. of existing institutions in Canada. So how can we as Northumberland residents and as Canadians fight this hate and racism and xenophobia that you refer to in the letter is that we we got to stand up and and fight for our communities as well as our, our our communities our cities our towns our province and our country is that these these uh, far right groups who who are into into but anti-semitic and racist hate hate should i mean we we used to stand up and let them know there's no place in this in this time for their for their rhetoric. You are also critical of the police and call for a full investigation. Why do you think that's necessary? Well, I mean, as it was seen, the police chief in Ottawa resigned. Resigned because I mean, in 
it was right after the Emergencies Act was was enabled, and that the, I mean, I'm not sure, but on the specifics on why he, he resigned, but it's a it's a suspicious tale had he resigned right after the Emergencies Act was was enabled, and that tells tells but a lot of people that he he was upset maybe with himself or but how they handled it maybe and that we he should have a full a full but investigation on 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 not only the the police but involvement in this but the government's involvement in this as well because the government as well as the police enabled this this to get this this far one of the ways unions have traditionally sought to negotiate contracts is through the use of strikes, and these place economic hardships on employers as a means of getting them to negotiate. How are these tactics any different than economic hardships the protesters have placed on the country? Well, I mean, there's first and foremost, we, but as unions, we only target target the one specific industry or the one specific plant, whereas the the but occupation they say at the ambassador bridge you're affecting millions and millions of of commercial goods as well as the i mean it's the busiest border crossing in the country and that's that's where majority of the trade comes from and not you're not only hurting the i mean in a strike we're you're hurting the the one industry they say auto i mean they say but there was a strike on gm we're only affecting GM. Whereas this, Ambassador Bridge, but occupation there and 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 blockade there, there. But you're not you're not only hurting the auto industry, but you're also also hurting the grocery industry. You're hurting the. You're also risking lives because some of these machines are going to hospitals and and long term care centers who need the, the machines to keep people alive if you could give any advice to those protesting in ottawa as someone who has run protests and has run strikes what would you say to them well i mean there is a there's a time for for a protest and there's time for discussion and it sort of tried discussing or but or reaching out to the government first of all and and, and try to discuss it reasonably and rationally. And if that doesn't work, then maybe try your protest. And but keep it, like keep it right around the legislative building in Ottawa instead of branching out to the neighborhoods. It could have easily done that. And that's what I mean. That's what unions do: is that we negotiate first. And if that doesn't work. I mean, the last, last effort is to go on strike. If we, we don't get at a collective agreement that we that would benefit both parties. How is the Labour Council going to follow up on its demands that you wrote in the letter? Well, we, we would like to, I mean, see, see but a, a better and smarter communication plan between the government as well as 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 well as the occupants or as well as but anybody else in and around in in but in around around ottawa and ambassador bridge and all these other other places and that we need 
we need an action plan that details how, how and when we are able to move out out of the public health, health and safety protocols. And we need a plan. And the government needs to communicate with the country or with the province what that plan is. And, and in that, we need more funding for health care. Because these, I mean, during the pandemic, we've already already noticed that there's there's healthcare in this province is is but abysmal. We we don't have the adequate staff. Staff. We don't have the have the resources in this province. How's that related to the protest, though? I mean, that's we're hoping some of these emergency act act measures might come to this more funding for healthcare out of the Emergencies Act. Now, those are your requests or your demands, yep. but how are you going to follow those up? What are you going to do in, say, a week or a month or whatever to to uh, follow up on all these things that you re- you've requested? Yeah, I mean, we're you can only do what we, we did in the past is write, write letters and call these politicians out if they don't follow through with what they tell us they're going to do or what or what we want them to him to do and we're going to contact the the mps mpps and and hopefully get some answer that way so you're going to be talking to philip lawrence our mp and and david Pacini. am i understanding that correctly or we hope to yes when do you anticipate doing that we don't know yet we haven't set a date or, or we haven't reached out to him yet but we we want to see I did send a letters to to but MPP Pacini as well as MP Lawrence, but I've yet to to get a response yet from them. Dan Tobin, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today, and thank you very much, Rob, for for having me. That was Dan Tobin, president of the Northumberland Labor Council. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.